Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of some amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm your host, Lowell Applebaum, CEO and Strategy Catalyst at Vistacova, where we partner with organizations on strategic facilitation. And I'm very happy to have with me today Juan Amador, CAE. Juan has over 15 years of experience in recruitment and outreach to special populations, strategic planning, developing partnerships, and facilitating the work of national committees. He's currently the Director of Constituent Engagement at the Association of American Medical Colleges, and as a critical leader in AMC's relationships and partnerships with its many constituent groups, he advances the strategic value of the association and is also responsible for implementing learning and leadership opportunities that help members grow in their professional roles, enhance their career development, and strengthen their leadership competencies. Prior to joining the AAMC, one worked at the National Prevention Information Network of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. One is someone who uh, has a love for components and constituents. Uh, there's many reasons why I'm glad to have you today. Welcome. So happy that you're with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. So we like to start these conversations with knowledge that uh, those that we're talking to have had a journey and had a path of success, of learning, uh, that have brought them to be a rock star in our space. And so along that way, you've uh, obviously found within yourself places of strength. And so we like to first ask, what is a superpower that you bring to the table? What is a place of excellence that you find that you apply either in work or in life? First of all, I have to say that I love this question because I'm a big comic book fan, and it kind of made me think of my best uh, superheroes, mm. but actually what I came down to, and I think in my role, is I am an amplifier. I, I In my day-to-day, -day, whether it's personal or at home, I like to amplify things, and so um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, taking a small career fair for 200 pre-medical students and turning it into a 2,000 minority student career fair. Taking someone's personal experience like a faculty member and helping them become a full professor in academic medicine. And at the end, at the same time, helping them become a national voice within um, our our or whether it's national, state, or local, or even personally, I, I take myself as an example. Anything that I do, um, the room that I'm invited or where I'm at, I want to amplify my voice because there are so many missing voices in the room. As a Latino or Latinx, uh, you know, I represent a, a group that needs to be in the room, but there's others who, one, haven't yet found their voice, or Two, it just needs to be amplified and invited into that conversation, into that room. I uh, I feel like we need to get you a cape with a amplifier symbol on the back. I, I like the superpower. You know, as you're talking about helping others find their voice, right, the power of amplification, you both reference your own voice and others. Can you talk about as you go into rooms where you see others whose voice should be amplified, like how do you, how do you see that? How do you help them amplify their voice? I, there's, you know, several ways. I I like to be very straight, very um, forthcoming, very transparent. When I see someone who needs help, I offer it. Um, and then that's where I, I really 
think about what can I do to help? And it becomes very much of strategy. And so it is connecting um, a student, for example, that wants to be uh, a doctor, but doesn't have an idea what it takes. And so I just go into my Rolodex and I'm like, here's an advisor. Here's a member of the admissions committee at one of the premier medical schools. Here is the dean at Harvard, Joan Reed, who's a mentor of mine. And can you please talk to the student or this faculty member? Um, when I think of Native populations, Alaskan Natives, uh, I think of, hey, you know, in the data, I don't see you. Even if it's just point one, I need to see that point one represented in the data. And, and even in... Uh, photographs or, or so when I walk into buildings, I'm always looking at the, the, the photographs, the pictures, who's being represented? Is it, does it include me? Do I see myself or do I see my um, community? No, that we live in such a different moment in time right now, you know, societal disruptors all around and living really in, in isolation. You know, as a special power, a superpower of amplification, do you find this virtual environment to hinder the ability to amplify the voices that you think need to be? Or do you think it actually is helpful in some ways because it's so easy to set up a, a Zoom and see faces? I think it's a yes and a no. So I'll say yes because cost is for everyone, not just, you know, where no matter what association you're at or industry you're at, cost is always prohibited. And so, you know, going to a conference registration, going to travel, all that stuff. But being virtual now, I am seeing more participation from uh, other groups or other individuals that um, haven't had the opportunity to participate. I think of the many... Um, uh, staff members that uh, help run um, associations, you know, they're really not in the C-suite, they're not in middle management, but their jobs are important. And so I look at the mailroom, someone who's working at the mailroom and delivers my mail every day now has an opportunity to attend a virtual town hall to discuss issues about racism and share his or her experience. I look at um, administrative specialists or assistants that we have who manage our schedule, makes our life really um, important and easy to, to do things at times, but now they have the opportunity. And I also look at uh, industry leaders in terms of just having them share their voices um, and into the masses, not just at that conference. And so, yeah, there there is current opportunity right now to amplify because we're virtual, but I do still miss the in-person. And I think the way that the in-person works is where that's where we develop and nurture relationships. And um, that's so important. And, and I, I can't tell you how important it is to me. Over the years, I have not been able to do some um, goals or some plans uh, unless I, I ask for it from my support network, my mentors, my colleagues. Yeah, the I love the correlation to relationship building. I mean, it's such at the heart of what we do. And for many, we speak to at the heart of who they are. You know, I, I imagine, but I'd love to hear I mean, your journey from the CDC over to the association world. You know, the, the power of network and building relationships, very different between those worlds, similar? Like, what did you find when you came into the association? Well, like many of our colleagues, I didn't 
know that I was working in an association. I just thought it was a job. You know, mm-hmm. I applied for a job, interviewed for it, and I was happy to land at the Association of American Medical Colleges. To uh, be honest, I didn't know really know who uh, AMC was. And so it was like I took it as a job. And so it wasn't until I was like probably a director where I began to de- realize the power of association and more important my voice within that association. And so having a U.S. medical school dean call me or email me or, or invite me out to uh, an event just to get my opinion or just to say, what do you, you know, what can I do about this? I'm like, wait a minute, you know, you're like at the top of the leadership uh, ranks and you're asking me. So it's a little bit humbling, but at the same time, it's like, again, learning to find that voice and making sure that I use it to um, amplify, to really bring in um, different perspectives. And so, you know, when I was uh, contracting with the CDC, it was very, um, I would say, very mechanical. You know, billable hours, you know, you try to develop the relationship with the the program, um, the, the directors of the CDC. However, it's totally different because, in the association industry, I do feel like it's all about relationships. It's yeah. all about investing time in developing and managing and not just going to someone and saying and asking for help when you need it. Um, but it's over time because when, I feel like personally, if you ask, I, I'll give. But, you know, I expect for you also to give back to someone. It doesn't have to be me, but you have to bring someone along with you. I love the idea of bringing someone along with you. Now, along along your journey, I sort of have two questions. The first is when when did it like settle in? When did you start to embody that this isn't just a job but a, a, a profession that you find resonance with that you wanted to be in? Like when what was that moment of shift, and when did you realize that that associations were were a good home? It was thanks to a couple of colleagues, though, I'll say. The first one was uh, Valerie Clark, who was already involved in, outside uh, with other associations, and she kept asking me to be involved, and uh, I really kept turning her down. Um, and uh, I landed uh, with my involvement at ASAE. And that transition helped realize, uh, okay, um, like a mentor told me mine, she was like, you could be great at your job where you're at, but you have to find a, a home somewhere. And when I came to ASAE, uh, it felt like a home for associations. And so that was one, you know, uh, the second critical transition. I think the third one became really um, with meeting a lot of special individuals um, through uh, the Delft Scholars Program, my class of uh, 2012 uh, to 2014, uh, meeting other associations executives and just watching them from afar. Um, it was just, I knew it clicked. And I was like, this is it. I am an association uh, professional and I'm going to uh, make that very visible and, and let everyone know it. And so I took my CAE exam and therefore I was like, I felt like I had accomplished that goal of being an association professional. 
Well, hashtag CAE proud. We love the CAE here. So all about that. Uh, you mentioned Valerie, but I'm interested in the, the journey. You're very much clearly a relationship-based person, right? Like that's the amplification as well. Uh, along the way, have there been mentors that have helped or influenced? And what what has the experience been like? So I like to say and share that I'm a product of a being of a mentors, uh, many mentors over the years. I came from a very humble beginnings. My mother. Uh, came here with three kids, single mom, and so her one task for us was to go to school and get your education. And, you know, it wasn't until I got to college where I had my first mentor, and I didn't even know that word. But I went into her office, and um, I just saw albums on her desk. And I was like, what are, what are these? She was like, open them. And I opened them, and it was just her travel all around the world. And so that taught me right there to aspire to something, to look around the world, to look beyond just where I live at. Um, and then professionally, I've had mentors that have guided me when I started at the AMC. It was like, you need to come to these meetings at 7.30 every morning because you need to be in the room. And I'm like, who, who who meets at 7.30? You know, I'm, I'm only getting up. And I'm like, right. but for that one year, I showed up at 7.30 every day. And what that taught me was I got to talk to the president and the CEO. I got to talk to board members. I got to meet NIH leaders. I, I got to uh, funding um, uh, foundations. And again, developing those relationships over time. And then... Yeah. I don't want to forget even peer mentors, you know, um, right now there, there's so many that I can name, but, you know, I take pride in, in sharing that, you know, Sean Boynes, uh, Irving Washington, Dante Shannon, you know, they've helped me out in, in not only in terms of growing, but in certainly in terms of guiding and, and it's, and act like a, a soundboard sometimes. I'm like, there's so much in the world happening that in, in the work that sometimes I just need someone, and these are the individuals I can go to. And I'll say lastly, you know, you know there are other individuals. Um, there's those luminaries that I, I, I again, um, so many to name, but um, the one I, I, I will say, because um, I owe a, a lot to her, is Susan Wheeling. Um, so she is known throughout the association. She was my uh, mentor for a year. And uh, what she taught me was, uh, or actually what she reinforced was leave your legacy behind. Whatever you do in the association industry, leave your legacy for someone else to carry it on and move it forward. I love that. I love that. You are... I'm teeing you up at the end. I'm going to ask you what is the legacy you want to leave behind, but I won't, I won't go there yet. But since you asked that, that's where we're going to go eventually. Uh, you know, in the example of getting up at 7.30 in the morning, besides me imagining just how many cappuccinos and shots of espresso I would need to have for that, uh, there's something there, right, about like you, someone else opened the door, so you were in the room, right? Like you were in the room, and so all of a sudden – that created the opportunity for access, right? That created the opportunity for relationship establishment and growth. Uh, as you, you know, think about the different associations you see, uh, you know, our community. Do you see any opportunities for to create for us to create more 
opportunities for others to be in the room? Like how, how do we help do that for others? I, I think the associations in this room, we do have opportunities to open more doors and, and I'll preface this and focus on minority uh, populations, underserved. So, um, you know, yes, you can have all of the uh, perceptions. Um, you can have virtual gatherings. But at the end of the day, it's really about helping someone connect one-on-one. -on -one. And it's hard right now because we're in a pandemic. But... It means maybe reaching out to someone and inviting them to a virtual coffee. It may mean that, you know, hey, I'm looking at my organization and I don't see a lot of uh, brown, black, Native American, Alaskan Natives, uh, Asian, specifics, LGBT uh, individuals. Um, it means self, looking at oneself and, 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 and having the heart to say, I really need to put this effort into inviting people and, and creating that welcoming environment. And so uh, when I look at my, the executive directors in my network, I, I look at the type of a culture that they're creating in their organizations. Is it welcoming? Can you walk through that door and feel like you're welcomed versus can you walk through that door and feel like, what am I doing here? Yeah, that's such an intangible and essential feeling, right? Like you can measure the number of people that walk through the door. It is much harder to measure how welcome they feel once they take that step. And yet that that's really where we need to go in terms of the experiences we need to create if we're actually going to be a dynamically diverse and inclusive society. Uh, you know, the, the mentors that you mentioned, of course, you know, Irving, Dante, Sean, and, and Michelle, along with it, with their Text to the Table uh, series they've started, uh, you know, many much of what you're saying just resonates with the conversations we're hearing, and and I I think the insights you're sharing add to this story of the self reflection, as you said, that many of us need to do. Uh, I I promised you I was going to get back to it, so before I have to let you go, I'm I'm going to ask the the last question. You know, as you look to your future, as you look to the rock star status that you are going to continue to build and the impact you're going to continue to make, what do you hope your legacy will be? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, I think uh, overall, I just want to make sure that I opened as many doors as possible to as many uh, individuals in underserved communities. And, and there's so many to name, but I think everything that I do, um, I could tie back to giving back to the community. And so, um, you know, I have an 11-year-old uh, daughter, and I want her to one day know that I gave, uh, I donated to a foundation, I volunteered, I helped uh, someone with their career, uh, I'm present uh, where I need to be. Um, I would say that uh, another part of my legacy, I, I, I want to share it much broader um, to anyone who's watching right now. It's like if you're early in your career, get a mentor. Um, just, but you have to commit. Um, getting a mentor doesn't mean that that mentor does everything for you. You, you really do have to commit and put your, the work uh, into yourself. If you're uh, mid-career, um, I would say develop your um, network, develop that community, 
develop your relationships because they become so important, not just to work, but certainly they translate um, into your personal life. And when life happens, you never know who you are going to tap into. And then I'll say if you're an executive at the C-suite, uh, please change the culture at your uh, at your organizations. Look around and in, and invite people, and make sure that your boards are diverse. Uh, make sure you have different voices. Uh, and the luminaries, just you know, give us more opportunities. Uh, all the rock stars uh, are out there, and we just need to find them. Well, it's been a, a pleasure to speak with one today. Uh, present and future luminary in, in the Navy, sir. Thank you so much for joining us and to sharing a little bit of insight into your journey, into your vision. And uh, please compliment your daughter on her uh, artwork hanging there in the background. It's it's beautiful. It's, those are the masterpieces, and I will. Thank Absolutely. you for inviting me and having me today. Well, we want to, of course, thank Juan, as well as to uh, thank everyone who joined us today. As always, a big thank you to Amy Hager, who's making all the magic happen behind the scenes and interacting with you all on the social media platforms. Uh, and thank you to each and every one of you for joining us, for helping us raise the profiles, not just of the important organizations that we work for and that we grow and build, but those behind the scenes that are making them run and that are leading our industry to a better tomorrow. Many association rock stars out there, we'd love to find and speak to more of you. Until next time, association rock on.